you ever find yourself asking, why isn't this taught in school? My entrepreneurial and parenthood journeys really highlighted the gap between what the world needs and what our schools are actually teaching and how woefully unprepared most people are to achieve their greatest dreams. The people truly winning in a postmodern economy have a different set of skills that aren't taught in school and are privy to information not taught to the masses. With that in mind, we invite you on our journey to glean from the world's most successful leaders and icons of industry, the real skills the next generation needs moving forward. We are on a mission to help teens skip the lunch line for the front line of a movement, empowered with the knowledge and skills needed to thrive in a fast-paced, dynamic, ever-changing world. This is Skippy Lunch Lines. We're glad you're here. Hello, friends. Great to have you back for another episode of Skipping Lunch Lines. Today, we welcome back my good friend, Erin McKay-Klein. Thank you again for being on the show, Erin. Thank you. I'm so excited. For those who may not be familiar with your story, Erin, what can you share about your life that most people don't know? The amount of overthinking that I can do sometimes. <laughs> I seem to be pretty, I think for the most part, I'm pretty carefree and I, I, I designed a life that way that I wanted to be able to have freedom and choices and do that kind of stuff. And it is good and I love it and I, I enjoy it, but um, my brain never shuts off and I'm constantly thinking of new ideas and new businesses and all kinds of things. And um, I can overthink a lot of those things. And I think people might be surprised to know that about me. Yeah, no, I could totally relate to that because <laughs> I, I myself am an overthinker. And I think that might be something that's common with people who are entrepreneurial you know, you're full of ideas, you're visionaries, and we see a world in a certain way that may not be the way that the world actually is. And so we want, you know, we have that vision of what we want to create in the world. And so I think our brains are always working, right? Yeah, it's, and it's hard sometimes to, um, I think the hardest part is just discerning which direction to focus the majority of your time on, because we have so many ideas and we can't do all of them at one time. So it's just that narrowing down and putting the focus in on that one thing for a period of time. Right. It's hard to choose when you like everything. <laughs> yeah. When you're so well-rounded, right. I feel that way too. Uh -huh. So for you, what was, um, if we go back to your, like your teenage years, what kind of teen were you? I was a, I had a lot of fun as a teen. I grew up in a really small town okay. and um, I athlete played sports my whole entire life. I think a lot of kids in small towns do because there's nothing else to do. So you play sports all year round. And I, I really, really loved that. Um, enjoyed basketball. I knew early on I wanted to be a basketball coach, but I knew that you don't make a lot of money being a basketball coach. And I didn't want to be a teacher because that's just I didn't want to be in school any longer than I had to be. So I knew I loved being around sports, but I think as a teenager, I was pretty, pretty carefree, had a lot of fun. Um, obviously I grew up as a teenager in the pre-cell phone days, so we could actually enjoy a lot of childhood. Didn't really worry too much about what other people thought because, you know, everything wasn't on display. Just had a lot of fun, really ambitious. Um, I did well in school. Not like super well, not like valedictorian, but like A's, B's, a few C's. I did decent. Um, and yeah, just had fun. Just wanted to be around my friends, super extroverted and just liked having fun. 
Right. And so when you're a teen, right, you said you were really outgoing, you're ambitious, you did well in school. Was college something that you felt was in your cards or was that expected of you? Like there was no other way around it. Um, I think just being in a small town too, a lot of like, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, are you going to college? It's just, which college are you going to? It was just kind of expected that I would go to college. And so I never even thought about not going to college. And I remember looking at other students that I went, that were in my, that I went to high school with, that I graduated with, that were not going to college right away. And I remember thinking like, what the heck, what are they going to do? I can't even believe it. Like they're not going to college. What are they going to do with their lives? They clearly don't care about anything. And I can say that now joking around hindsight, because a lot of those people had it right and they're doing extremely well. And they went to trades or they did different, (laughs) different things. Didn't pile up a bunch of student loan debt. Um, but yeah, it definitely was something that for me and my family, for where I was at and all that kind of stuff, it wasn't a, it was definitely, I was going, there was no question. Right. And you, you, you bring up a very interesting point, you know, and the fact that during your time, when, which is my time as well, there was an expectation that in order to be successful, you really had to go to college. Right. And so right. You know, we looked at these people who were not college bound and we thought, okay, well, they're going to go into a trade and maybe we, I don't know about you, but for me, it was kind of like, oh, they're not going to amount to anything because they're not going to college. And we see Mm -hmm. now that these people are, are not inundated with student loans. They may live a simple life, but they're happy, you know, and so... Do you think that was more a product of the times or that something like in your own background that that uh, made you believe? Yeah, I think product of the times. And I definitely think parenting, you know, like my mom and dad did not go to college. So I think it was very important for them to that I did. um, Because I just thought like they lived very average, very average growing up. And so I think obviously, as a parent, you want what's best for your kid. And I that's what they instilled in me, because that's what they thought was going to be the best chance for me to do better than they did. Right. So, but it sounds like, because you, even though your parents had this expectation for you to go to college, you went down that path, right? Did you end up finishing or? I went to a small private university in Columbus, Ohio, which is crazy because I didn't even know much about colleges. So I literally like looked up online, the closest schools to Ohio State, just picked one from those. So went to a small private school um, just outside Columbus, Ohio. And I went um, there for three years. I changed my major every single semester that I was there. I was always within business, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I went in as an econ major. And I think anybody that knows me for longer than 45 seconds knows that that's probably not a good fit for my personality <laughs> to be an econ major. But that growing up in a small, small town, like econ, like that t- sounded like money to me. So it was like econ, obviously that's, I'm going to learn about money and how to make a bunch of money because that's what the economy <laughs> runs on. So I went in econ, I changed my major every semester. Um, and then the end of my junior year, um, I started in a business and it kind of took off and I enjoyed it. And then I, I didn't go back to college and my parents were not, they were not excited about that choice at the time. Right. Okay with it now. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds to me like you were pursuing somebody else's dream. Um, and at at the beginning you thought that that was your dream, right. To go to college and, 
and to make something of yourself. Um, and that it was getting into maybe entrepreneurship is what you ended up not finishing the degree, but that is what propelled you to success was actually derailing yourself from the college path and, and doing this uh, side hustle, whatever you want to call it, uh, however it started for you. Can we talk a little bit about what that business was? Yep. So that was, uh, and you're exactly right. Because like what if you said that vision, like I thought that success was wearing an expensive lady suit and high heels and working <laughs> in a tall building downtown and like having people be afraid of you when you walk in the room. Like that's really what I thought success was and what I was going for. So definitely a lot has changed since then. But yeah, so at the end of my junior year, um, is when I was first introduced to a network marketing company. So I was, um, at that time, I had never heard anything good about network marketing and I had never heard anything bad about network marketing. It was totally just a neutral thing for me and it wasn't going to be a career path, right? Like it was, um, just, a, something to do during the summer in between my junior and senior year of college. So, um, so I just started off, it was at that company. Um, I ended up was, was in there for six years and they sold nutritional supplements. And the first 90 days in that company, I made $9,000 and I'm a 20 year old college kid. Right. So I thought I was going to be a millionaire by 25. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like I was up at the calculator, like every night, like like doing everything, putting everything in my TI 83 calculator. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally going to be a millionaire at 25. And so I was not a millionaire at 25, but <laughs> uh, but that's what I thought. So yeah, so I, I, I got excited about the money I was making. And so I left school with the intention of going back if I needed to, because I knew college wasn't going anywhere. If they, if I ever wanted to go back, they would certainly take my money. And so I was like, I just want to give this, I just want to ride this out. This seems to be going well. I want to ride it out. I want to see where this goes. And I didn't want to have that like regret of not pursuing it when it was doing so well it just seemed like the best option for me at the time and my parents were very disappointed it wasn't the whole like yelling and angry at you and no way you need to go finish school it was like my mom like the tears and the disappointing disappointment and it was made it so much harder but I stuck with my choice my decision and then she came around eventually (laughs) No, I do have a question about that. So you said your parents weren't really supportive and it's probably because they were really worried, right, about your future and to them in their world, you know, not getting that degree meant you weren't going to, you know, you're going to probably suffer financially. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to achieve your goals and dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering now that you have achieved the level of success that you have now, like how their thoughts have shifted in terms of that? Oh, they've shifted drastically. I remember, (laughs) um, I remember being back at home for some reason. I don't even know what, if it was like a family reunion or something. And my, like hearing my mom, like tell people about what I was doing. And that just made me smile because for the longest time, like she always would talk about how I embarrassed her and she didn't even want to talk to any of her friends because it's a small town, right? Everyone knows what everyone's doing. So she didn't even want to like talk to her friends because they were all going to say, what's Erin doing? And she had to tell them, oh, she dropped out of school and is in a pyramid thing. <laughs> and like, so it's like embarrassing and she didn't want to talk to anybody about it. And that was for years and years and years, like a long time. And it probably took until 
maybe eight years later. <laughs> and then until she was finally like, I could hear her like telling people what I did and like being proud about it. And I remember, um, um, going to, I, I took her to, she'd never been out of the country before. And we went to Punta Cana one time. Um, it was mother's day. I called her up and I said like, Hey, do you have a passport? And she said, no. And I was like, well, you better get one. I just booked us this trip. And she was like, oh, okay. And she got her passport. And then like, um, I, I, I don't want to make this about like the money or the income at the time. Cause that's not what's important to me now, but at the, but when you're younger and you don't know a lot, it is. And I just got a brand new BMW at the time. And so like, I like picked my mom up in my brand new BMW drove to the airport. We went to Punta Cana for the week. And like, my, on the second day that we were there, we were, I remember like, I think I saw the picture of it too. She had like this big pine, like pineapple, right? Her drink out of this <laughs> giant pineapple and her book, like under this hut on the beach. And I was like, mom, I was like, be honest. I was like, what do you think about my network marketing, but business now? <laughs> and she was like, you know, she's like, I think, I think you made some good choices for yourself. <laughs> I like, you know, I think it's okay, but eight years for her to that point. And, and a lot of the, and here's what, here's my point. My point is at the time, sometimes people need to see something, right? So right. a brand new BMW going on vacations, right? It gives people a visual sense of, wow, they're succeeding, which I don't want that to be what I'm about and what I teach, because I don't, I think that that's like hindsight, that's stupid. I should have never bought a BMW just to impress people. Like who cares? Right. So I just want to make that a disclaimer. That's not <laughs> a smart choice. Don't do it. But I mean, it's paid off. I have it paid off. It's done, whatever, but, but don't put yourself in those positions, just to prove a point to people. Right. No, I love that. And you know, <laughs> it was you achieving that level of success, right? That got your mom to see network marketing in maybe a different light, you know? And I'm wondering if she had just been supportive of your decision, if that you think that would have helped you be successful sooner? Or do you think because she wasn't supportive that that really encouraged you to dig deeper and to find other mentors elsewhere who could really help guide your vision and that, was eventually what caused you to be successful? What do you think? I don't know. I think that's a good question because obviously I only know the way it played out, but I do think, I think if she was supportive sooner, it actually would have helped be successful sooner because I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I had to keep my life and my business 100% separate and that should never be the case. And I felt like I had to keep everything separate because my family and people didn't support it or get excited about it. So you're kind of walking on eggshells and just whatever. So I think, I think if she was, if, if she was supportive sooner, I think it would have been successful sooner, but that's just me guessing. I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> no find that, yeah, I find that fascinating because you have some, you have some parents out there who are super supportive of their, you know, what their child's vision is and what they want for their life. And then you have others who are not, and it doesn't necessarily follow that if they're supportive, therefore the child's successful, you know, and I find it, it's really individual story. And so the fact that your parents weren't supportive, mm -hmm. um, but you were able to achieve that success. Um, I'm just wondering like how much of mentoring you know, one thing I found about like network marketing is there's a lot of mentoring that goes on. So how much did that mentoring within your network marketing, how much did that help you? 
a lot because I probably would have quit a hundred times. <laughs> so network marketing's not, I mean, it, it is what you make it, right? Like I could say network marketing isn't easy, but at the same time, I could say it is easy, right? Like it's pretty simple, but it's just, it, everything's just mental, right? And getting through all the mental blocks and caring about what people say and dealing with rejection and all that kind of stuff. So it's easy and it's not, but I feel like mentorship is super important and they help you kind of, I look at it just like coaching and just like coaching basketball. Like they help you just see a different perspective. Like they're not in the game as you are, they're watching. So they see other things happening and can help guide and coach you and offer different pers perspectives and kind of walk you through a lot of that. So I think mentorship is super important. And I think um, personal development, obviously, I, I don't even know if I would have ever gotten into personal development had I not seen network marketing. So I'm um, just starting to read all this stuff and really dig into understanding. Um, it, you just learn so much that you didn't know, right? Like I remember like the first time reading like Think and Grow Rich and understanding like, oh, the things you think about or, or what you attract. And I'm like, what? Like, is that true? Like, is that real? And um, so just kind of like diving and digging into that kind of stuff. It was just all new to me and even money, right? Like just understanding my relationship with money and understanding um, the role it plays in life and, and you know, what, what significance that we place upon that and why. And um, it's really important because I feel like a lot of times in, in network marketing or in any business, right? All entrepreneurs no, like if you get in to make money, I mean, <laughs> good luck. Like there's lots of money to be made and a lot of different things. Um, but it's more about the impact and the purpose and what you're creating. And then the money is just a byproduct of the good that you're doing for other people, the service that you're doing for other people. That's, that's what entrepreneurs do. <laughs> the money is just side, <laughs> the extra cherry on top, I guess. Yeah, that was my experience too with my, you know, little foray into network marketing. And, you know, it's an experience that I never would have traded for anything else, but it really exposed me to the whole idea that if you're in it for the money, the money doesn't come. If you're in it to serve someone, that's where the money comes in. Um, right. It's by solving the problems. The person that solves the biggest problems makes the most money. Um, so I'm wondering, like, in terms of your, your childhood or your teenage years and your money influences, I, I find that a lot of times it's those money blocks that we learned during our youth that really kind of hinders us moving forward. What was your experience with that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we grew up, like I said, not having a lot of money. So, like, we had things we needed, but not all the things we wanted. We never went on vacation, ever. Um, anything like that. So... Um, so <laughs> I got really good at like budgeting, I guess, from a young age. And like, I was responsible with money during college and all that kind of stuff, as far as like pay my bills. And, but I know a lot of friends that, right, you get credit cards and all that kind of stuff. And they were going on spring break and doing all that kind of stuff where I didn't, um, and, and things like that. So it definitely grew up kind of having a more, I guess I want to say like healthy respect of money, I guess, but also that feeling that because I didn't grow up with a lot of it and then being exposed and seeing industries and seeing where people are making a lot of money. Um, it took me a long time to have that mental shift of why I wanted to earn money. Like I, like I told you, like my first 
90 days, making nine grand and like wanting to be a millionaire at 25. I was just doing whatever it took. Cause I just want to make a bunch of money, 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 money. And, um, it's funny now because it's, it's money can come and go really easy in your life. And you better have something else that you're excited about or other things that you can rest your head on that you're proud that you have that have nothing to do with money. So it's like, if my bank account is zero tomorrow morning, I need to be rest assured that me, who I am as a person is fine. I have my family. I have my health, right? Having that gratitude of all the things that we have. If your bank account is zero or a million dollars, right? And I think people are, a lot of times people think I'm only going to be happy if I make this amount of money, or I'm only going to be comfortable if I make this amount of money. Because once you start making a lot of money, it can change you. <laughs> and yeah. you either, there's a price to pay to stay where you are, right? So it's like, it's just the price keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, the higher you get. So you need to know where those, um, that took a whole different tangent than what I was going to say, but I was just feeling it. But like, but yeah. you gotta know like, what's important and where your limits are and what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not willing to sacrifice. And knowing, especially in today's world where it's comparing yourself to the next door neighbor and my social media needs to look better than their social media, where it's like, have confidence in who you are as a person, what you do as a person, what you bring to the table, what you bring to people and your friendships and your family. That's what matters most. Like that's wealth. Like that's whatever your bank account is awesome. Like that's great. I'm not saying don't make money. I hope you go out and make a bunch of freaking money, but you need to be strong in who you are without it. Absolutely. So it sounds to me like you really had to redefine what success looks like to you. Yeah. So what would you say now with your new vision of what success is? Like? What are the, what are the pillars that you would consider a successful life, at least in terms of Aaron's life? Yeah. I think that success for me is, um, I think doing what you want to do be, because you want to do it and you do a good job of it is success. So if you're a school teacher, because you grew up loving kids and you want to be a school teacher, and that's what you do. And you're the best school teacher you can be. That's success. If you're a, a stay at home mom and that's what you've always envisioned, you just always wanted kids and you wanted family and that's what you're doing. That's success, right? Or if you want to have a big giant business with a revenue of a million dollars and that's what you're doing, then cool. But, but it's just knowing like what, what matters the most. So for me, like I said, if I woke up tomorrow with $0, like I need to do what I, I need to do what I do and I need to have it be in alignment with, with integrity, <laughs> with what, what, what my, what my, those standards are for me, right? Everyone has their own different standards for integrity and ethics. Um, but I think those are most important, um, and defining those principles before you even set out, right? Like I didn't do, and, th and that doesn't mean that if you don't do these things, you're not going to be successful, right? Like I started at 19. If someone were to be like, like, what's your pillars of success? I'd been like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so it's like, these will grow and develop as you grow and you can figure them out for the, yourself. But I think that's the point is figuring it out for yourself. Don't let somebody tell you, you have to make $20,000 a month because that's success. Like, no, you decide what that is for you. And I think some of the happiest people in the world are people that live modestly. And I'm a big fan of minimalism. Like, I, like I told you, like before, like my husband and I, our cars are totally paid off. And we have a baby. We just had a baby 11 months ago. And everyone's like, you need to get an SUV. I'm like, do I? 
do I really need to go get an SUV for my one baby that I have when we have totally paid off cars? Like that's not important to us. And I don't want to get an SUV just to impress other moms with my new ride. Right. Like that's just not who I am. I don't care what you think about me or my car, you know, like that's fine, but that's just the different level, I guess, of being confident who you are and what matters to you. And if somebody wants to judge me because I don't have a new SUV as a mom, then, you know, that's their deal, not mine. Yeah, definitely. That's their own limiting (laughs) money mindset. Um, It sounds to me like you've really come into your own, you know, and it's not about defining success on other people's terms that you've come to know who you are to your core, what values you hold and letting those values determine what success looks like for you. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it's important because there's a lot of just a disclaimer because I, I, over my career and different things I've done, there's been a lot of opportunities that came up um, for my husband and I, that we could have made a lot of money um, very quickly, but they didn't align with our values (laughs) and they didn't feel right. And they didn't feel good. So sometimes you got to make those decisions. Like, do I do what I, to, do I do this? So I can make a bunch of money or, it, or go with what feels good in your gut and your soul and who you are as a person. Cause you have to live with you every single day. So I think as you grow, you develop that, that sense of what, what you're willing and what you're not willing to compromise with when it right. comes to who you are. You know, I think you bring up a very important point and it's the fact that you, your husband and yourself, right. You've seems like you've come to these certain values that you're both going to hold Mm-hmm. and determine what success looks like for your family. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people don't necessarily have that strong of a relationship where they're both on the same page. You know, you might have one spouse who's money hungry and out there trying to do, you know, conquer the world. And you have the other spouse who's much more humble, you know, they don't, you know, they're kind of frugal, whatever. Um, so was it something that came easily for the two of you in order to come to the same to be on the same page or is that something that you had to work towards? So we, um, he's definitely way better with money than I am. Like he's very disciplined and he does the majority of finance stuff in our life. Like I got married at 31. So that's not to say I have not, like I handled my own finances for a long time and I still am very aware of what's happening in our financial situation, but that is his strong suit. So I let him do that. He keeps me updated. I'm aware, right? I think it's important for a lot of women. I feel like sometimes if you're in those relationships and a lot, sometimes the man, if they handle the money, I think that, I don't think that's bad, but I think you should still know, you should still be aware of what's happening and what's going on. Cause you never know something happens or whatever. So anyway, so he, he's definitely more frugal. I'm definitely more, um, like I said, I'm more minimalist and I don't care about flashy things to impress people, but I do like I'm more someone that's going to spend money on experiences. Right. So mm-hmm. I, if someone gave some people were like, what would you do with a million dollars? I'd like, I'd be gone. I'd be on a world tour. You'd never see me <laughs> like that's <laughs> what I would want to buy. So, um, so, and, and luckily, right. Ryan's in alignment with that too. We would rather have experiences than things. And so that works out well. So like, we don't even do Christmas gifts and stuff like that. Sometimes people think it's crazy, but we usually do trips so it's like, why spend money on Christmas gifts for each other when it's like, if we need something throughout the year, if we actually need something, like we'll buy it. So I don't need Christmas gifts for the sake of it's Christmas and we feel obligated to buy me Christmas gifts. I was like, let's take money and go somewhere instead. And so 
Um, so, so we have those balances, I guess, you know what I mean? Instead of like spending a bunch of money on these, like we, we're, we're in agreement on what we would, what, what we want to splurge our money on. So we agree on those things, but, um, and, and I think it's good to have that balance, right? Cause Ryan is all about like, save, 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 invest, 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 invest. And then I'm over here like, Hey, I could die tomorrow. Like, let's go have fun right now. So it's a good balance, I guess, between the two of us. So I know you said, you mentioned earlier that you have a 11 month old, right? Mm -hmm. So in terms of your parenting and, you know, kind of looking at where he is going to be when he's, you know, a teenager, obviously that's many, many years away. Thank goodness. You have a lot of time, but what do you want to see change in the world by the time he becomes an adult? Like what's the important thing for you that you want to see different? I was going to say in the world, I could think of a million things, but (laughs) my own world that I can control, I would say, um, I, I think I want my son to know that he can, I want him to not be afraid to try things and, and not be afraid to fail. And I want him to do things. Like I said, like, it's already so hard, like I said, because I coach basketball, my husband coaches football, and we're already like, what's he going to play? And we're like, well, I guess that's up for him to decide eventually what he wants to, what he wants to play. That's not our choice. And we're going to have to support him no matter what it is he decides that he wants to do. So um, I think just like, it would be nice to, for, for kids to have a chance to grow up in a place. And it, it, I don't know how it would happen in this world because cell phones are in every one of their hands at a young age. And yeah, we're already comparing and needing the best, the best of this for whatever reason to feel validation and to feel important. But I guess if I could change anything, I would love to just see kids grow up in a world where they don't have that, that need to compare to everything and that they can truly be who they want to be and go whatever, down whatever career path or serve society in whatever way that they choose to serve society and be a part contributing um because that's what they feel called to do and that helps with their sense of purpose i i I guess when people had an overall sense of purpose and passion instead of popularity i guess that that would be what i would like to see so i want my son which is hard to say like i said 11 months old so i I mean i got a lot of parenting to learn and go on as i go but i guess i'm going to do my best with my child to make sure that he knows that he can um I want him to serve his passions and what fuels him, regardless if that makes a million dollars or $10,000, you know, whatever it is that that makes, like, he'll be fine. He'll be taken care of. It'll be fine. I want him to not worry about having to make a lot of money. I want him to see when I'm saying this, I, I truly believe in that, but I feel like you can, if you do follow your purpose and your passion, the money follows. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So I feel like just by doing that, like Chase, I guess, okay, let me totally change my answer. I guess my answer would be, I would like to see people grow up and learn to follow their passion for the sake of passion, not the paycheck. No, that makes total sense. You know, um, I just think about, there's so many kids nowadays who feel so alone, right? I, I surveyed an audience, uh, my audience mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. And it was very open-ended. I didn't ask them about personal finance. I didn't ask them about, you know, what things that they thought that they needed to learn. But I asked them, you know, if, if somebody could solve your problem right now, your number one problem, what would that look like for you? And the kind of responses that I got were like, I just want to be appreciated. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want 
to know that I matter. I want to know that I can make a difference. I want, you know, someone to help me see what my purpose is in this world and help me to walk down that path basically. And so that really shifted something for me because I was like, you know what, you know, in in the beginning, I was all about teaching personal finance, but at the end of the day, that wasn't their number one concern. You know, it was all about feeling fulfilled. And so that really shifted a lot for me. Uh, And I just wondered if if that resonated with you as well. 100%. Absolutely. Just being, and it's crazy how much a person grows, like when they feel appreciated and they feel (laughs) valued and noticed that they're going to do more, they're going to grow more and be more because they have those feelings. Wow. I really appreciate our talk that we had today. Um, I just wanted to ask you one last question. What keeps you striving for more? You know, it seems to me like you've, you know, you're, you love where you're at in life. You know, you've redefined what success looks like for you. How, what is that thing that keeps you motivated to, to always strive for different things, start new businesses? Like what's that thing that the next thing you're going after? Um, I don't, I, I always had a problem with complacency. <laughs> not a problem, I guess, but, um, I just feel like there's always so so much more in another level and everything like that. I think for me, it's more, more a matter of, I I guess for my faith too, like I, I'm a big believer. I fear not that's okay. But like, I just know that I feel like God gives us certain talents and gifts and, and, um, abilities. And to me, it's, I want to use them. So me, it's like, I don't want it to be a waste of a talent or a waste of a gift that I've been given and keep it to myself. If it's, if I can pay it forward. And if I can do one thing, whether it's through a business or not, whether it's through a business or whatever, I, to me, it's just about impact and reach and that ripple effect. And like, even like, I, I mean, you're going to notice it with your podcast <laughs> when you start talking to people. I mean, Rachel and I, when we get podcasts, um, some messages or like Facebook messages, podcast or business or whatever it is. And you get a message from somebody that's like, I totally related to what you said on this. And I was struggling and I feel it like that keeps you going because it's like, oh my gosh, people are listening. It it does matter. My story matters. My, my, my experiences matter. And they're helping somebody through a hard time. So to me, it's like, I can never stop. Like, I don't ever want to (laughs) quit what I'm doing because it's just, you just never know like that ripple effect of what you're doing. And it might seem like the littlest thing. Right. But it's, um, but, 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 but you don't know. Right. And, um, I didn't mean to go down this route, but, I, but just because it's on my head, my heart, um, I read like a Tim Tebow book earlier this year. And he talked about, um, like when he wrote like John three sixteen on his eye black for the national championship and afterwards 94 million people there, it was Googled 94 million times. Right. So because of that 94 million people, like, I don't know if that ever changed any of those 94 million people's lives or not. Right. But it got 94 million sets of eyeballs on the word. Right. And again, so if you're not a Christian and you don't believe in God, that that's not the point. The point is what can you do that has that many people starting to look for something, right. That's going to inspire them to do something that might better themselves or change them. Right. So what, no matter what it is, right. That's just an example, but, <laughs> but I just think like, you just never know what's going to happen just by being you, right. Like that was not his intention, but that's what happened. So by you starting a business, by you going out on a, on a leap of faith, by you trying something, by you being who you are authentically and living in your purpose and living in your passion and striving and doing what lights you up naturally, you have no idea who's that's going to affect in a positive way. So to me, it's like, you're doing 
not only yourself a disservice, but other people by not going out and continuing to thrive and better yourself and be all that you can be before, before our time's up in this world. So, yeah, I love that, you know, and, and you're right. You're hundred percent right. It really is the little things that are the big things, you know, mm-hmm. never know when that little thing, that little story that maybe seems in- insignificant to you, how that maybe touches somebody's life and really helps them see a path forward in their own life uh, to new levels of success or happiness or, you know, you, you know, you just never know. And so I just would love to, us to get to a point where that's how we're raising our kids. And I'm sure you feel yeah. the same way. I do feel the same way. <laughs> All right, Erin, um, just to wrap up, I just wanna thank you so much for your time today. Do you mind uh, sharing with our audience a little bit about your podcast and about your business ventures? I know that you are, you have your hands in a couple of things. Yeah. Um, so I, um, yeah, our podcast is the confident woman podcast. So it's all about, um, just being real raw, vulnerable, um, sharing our stories. Um, we have guests on there as well to share their stories. Um, just about like all things that women go through, whether it's body image or even starting businesses and all that kind of stuff, because a lot of us, struggle from the same issues mentally and have the same mental blocks but you know we don't always really talk about them (laughs) that much so we do we are all about embracing the suck and embracing the struggle and what we can learn from that and from other people so that's our podcast and then I do uh, so this is the the newest one so I'll leave you with this um after my son was born 11 months ago 2020 crazy time baby um but I was just kind of struggling with my own um kind of like an identity crisis because I'm really used to being a very high achieving on the go you know fly by the seat of my pants kind of person and then having a baby in a lockdown was kind of like what is going on in life and like just a lot of struggles and so um so I started a a community group for moms called moms just want to have a son and it has um it's still in its infancy stage itself. <laughs> See how I did that? That wasn't intentional. <laughs> I um, love that. <laughs> but it's still, still in its infancy stage and growing. Um, but it'll just be a great collaboration of women that are moms from like all different backgrounds, whether it's fitness, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you can kind of have like a one-stop shop for all things moms, right? Because as moms, we don't have a lot of time to go to a hundred different places and do all this kind of stuff. And so um, I wanted to use that business to support other small business as well. So um, going along with the theme of just wanting to have son, because I love to travel, we'll do mom trips, momcations, I call them. And, uh, <laughs> and that, yes, you will definitely be there. And then um, we have Ray of Sunshine Boxes. So those boxes um, have the majority of items in them are all purchased from small business. And it gives mom something to look forward to, right? Like treat yourself, like get yourself a gift that's not crazy expensive. And then it comes to you and it's like, cause I remember having Connor, everything in the mail was sent for Connor. And I was like, you know what? It'd be cool if I got something. In the mail. <laughs> so I'll send myself something. And then, um, so yeah, so it was kind of a win-win, right? We tell moms self-care is important, take time for you, but yet we never actually do it. Right. So it's like, this box is like designed to give moms fun things to look forward to self-care items, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they all support um, small business as well. So everything, um, at least 80% is from small business. So the first box so happens to be that all the small business owners I bought from was moms. That wasn't even intentional. That just kind of worked out. So that was kind of cool. Sounds like it was um, Yeah, it was kind of cool. So 
Um, so that's it. I mean, like I said, I love, I mean, moms isn't being a mom's a new thing. So serving moms is new to me, but serving, I've always been about small business and, and that kind of stuff. So I think it, it was just, it was just a line. It was perfect alignment for what I stand for as far as support small businesses and mental health for moms, you know, that was probably a lot longer of a description than you wanted, but you know, when you get passionate about something, you can't shut up. That's me right now. So. No, I love that. It sounds like you found the thing that is aligned with where you are in life right now. And it's also aligned with a lot with what we need as parents. You know, we, yeah. a lot of times, like you said, it's all about the child. And, you know, sometimes we lose ourselves in that, you know, in that role as our mother, as the mother, as a father. And it's really important to ground ourselves because you cannot serve from an empty cup, right? You have yeah. to by fulfilling your own desires, by focusing on what makes you happy and, you know, taking care of yourself, it's really going to make a huge difference for your child and the way they see themselves. So um, kudos to you for, for putting those boxes out there and reminding moms that, you know what, you are just as important as your child. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Skipping Lunch Lines. If you love today's episode, like I just know you did, um, go ahead and find Erin on Instagram. Can you repeat again what your Instagram handle is, Erin? Yep, it is at the Erin Klein Show. And there are periods in between all those words. (laughs) In the show notes, I'll leave a link to all of your different social media accounts. Again, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you got anything positive out of the conversation, do you mind leaving us a five-star review on iTunes? Doing so will allow other parents to help their teens create a life of fulfillment and joy, abundance and impact. Until next time, don't forget to help your teens skip the lunch line and live life on their own terms.